Welcome to the Green Zone Podcast, the show that teaches oil and gas executives how to take command of their finances and live in the green. Your host, Jeff Green, from Green Financial Group, will be your financial guide, all while giving you a tour of the most beloved and best-kept secret spots around Houston, Texas. Now, on to the show. This is the Green Zone with Jeff Green and Lauren Smith of Green Financial Group. I'm Patrice Sikora. NASDAQ hit a record. Blue chips, S&P 500, have recovered everything they lost in March, but COVID-19 is still with us. So, Jeff, you're the guru here. How are your forecasts looking now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. that's what, Now you put me on the spot. So I'll, <laughs> I'll, tell, I'll tell you about my forecast, and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll tell you what they're worth. They're worth exactly <laughs> what you're paying for them right now, which is nothing. So I'm not a big forecast guy. But everybody wants to know, hey, Jeff, what's what's your opinion? What do you what do you think is going to happen you know, with the market and this and that? And and, and, and these analysts give, you know, I mean, we're going to talk about the S&P. So all, all the conversation <laughs> today is going to be uh, guided around the S&P okay. 500 today, just to, for clarification. Sake. So what's your forecast, Jeff, for the S&P 500? Well, if you paid any attention to what we have, have said in the past about our forecast, at the end of 19, we made pretty much the same exact forecast at the end of 20 the strangest year of our lifetime and it's not even <laughs> over yet so compared with most other analysts we were, we were we had a pretty bullish call then and uh when the market hit a pre-covid peak of 3386 that's s p 500 in mm -hmm. mid-february we were looking not really not bullish enough and then the bottom fell out fell out of stocks fell out of the economy we we're struck by covid 19 and overly strict government shutdowns and the S&P 500 bottomed at 22.37 on March 23rd. Now, if you're playing the home game of the Green Zone podcast today, <laughs> don't worry about writing all these numbers down. They're not important because I'm going to get to a point to it here in just a minute. But when, when, that, when that bottom came, and I've, and, I've, and I've said this repeatedly, the market was pricing in an 80% drop in corporate profits. In other words, right. when the when the S&P 500 was at 2237 it was basically saying, "Hey, corporate profits are going to be down 80%." And that was from the year before. So that that made our call of a 3650, which is what our call was for 2020 uh, on the S&P 500. That made it look pretty obsolete and like it was never going to come around. So then about 7 weeks later on May 8th, Stocks had recovered back to 29.30. And we thought, well, 36.50 was probably still obsolete. So we lowered it down to about 3,100. Still bullish, but just a little bit lower. Mm -hmm. Then only four weeks later, the S&P 500 had blown through our updated year-end target and was sitting at oh, 31.94. So, and here we are. Today is September 1st, and it's 1.05 p.m. Central Time. The S&P 500 is sitting at 35.16. <laughs> so I just want to make sure we're, we're, we're clear on that. Right. So, so we're looking our, our target back to, up to 36.50, right where it was. So <laughs> through all of this, the key lesson here is you can't time the market. It's a <laughs> foolish thing to do. So imagine if you were, we're, we're, we're it's February 15th, okay, of mm -hmm. 2020, and we're being told that the world is about to be hit 
by a widespread virus that there's no known cure for, no known therapy, that the governments were going to react by shutting down the entire economy, that U.S. real GDP was going to drop at the fastest rate for any quarter since the Great Depression. That's right. And then you had to make a choice about how you would allocate your investments. What would you do? Lauren, you know, if they're giving you all that fact, what would you do? Go to cash. That's what I would do. I mean, I mean, I, that's, I mean, if somebody gave, painted the most doom and gloom picture of, you know, that one could imagine, I would go to cash. So that's thank- if you want safety, though. That's if you want the safety. Yeah. But here's my point thank God I can't see into the future. Thank goodness my <laughs> crystal ball gets fuzzy right about 8.30 when the market opens, and I really have no clue what's going to happen. Because here's what we told our clients. Stay put. Don't do anything. We, you know, we didn't know all of this was coming our way, right? We didn't know a global pandemic, government shutdowns, restrictions, et cetera. We, we didn't know. All we knew was we owned quality. And we and our what we do for our clients, we own typically dividend paying stocks so that when we go through corrective periods, we get paid to wait. So we get to collect our dividends while we're waiting. So we had our clients do absolutely nothing. How do you keep your clients calm at that point? Well, it's a lot of hand holding. It's a lot of phone calls. I'm gonna tell you, we I've now during that time. Lauren, what was it? March to was, yeah, April, March, May. Yeah, end of March, April. Yeah, I, I, I guess through through really end of, end of February, March. Let's call it March through May. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I've ever worked harder in my entire life. <laughs> a lot of long days. A lot, a lot of, of phone calls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of long days. A lot of phone calls. A lot of saying the same thing. Basically, what we've said here, and nothing fun. We, in the, I got to remember. January and February were two of the strongest months yes. that we had seen, economically speaking. And nothing really changed other than this this virus came out. Not, I'm not underscoring that in any, any way, shape, or form. It, naturally, on shutdowns, corporate profits were going to fall. But we also knew when economies opened back up, corporate profits would begin to mm-hmm. come back around. And we would see stock prices come back around. So... In hindsight, we know that obviously it was better to do what we advised our clients to do, which is Stay really quick. sometimes exercise the hardest, the the most rarest uh, commodity on Wall Street, which is patience. And that's <laughs> what we had our clients do. What are you telling them now? I mean, looking forward, the Fed is saying they're going to continue this easy money policy for quite some time. And the market's doing fine. And there seems to be a recovery, but come on, this isn't going to be a smooth recovery. It can't be. Well, you got you got to consider there's two recoveries going on right now. There's there's a stock market recovery and then there's an economic recovery. And the stock market recovery you're seeing, and and again, if you go back and listen to earlier podcasts, I'm, I'm repeating the same thing I said months ago. You're going to see a V-shaped recovery in the stock market, which we are seeing. And you're going to see more of a U-shaped recovery in the economy. And they're, they're two different things, although obviously very closely related, you're all, but you're seeing that U-shaped recovery in the economy. Right. But the reason you're seeing that V-shaped recovery in the stock market is because it is a discounting mechanism. It is looking forward. 
It is anticipating the future. It saw that we we never we never corporate profits never went down by eighty percent. That was a fallacy. So it overreacted, which stock markets typically do, and it overreacted in the downside. And so, Patrice, that's why you're seeing a lot of this upside come. And nobody. In fact, I just had the, the question posed to me today by client Jeff. I don't get it. Why the disconnect? And it's it's mm. simply that it's the the stock market is anticipating a, a good recovery going into third fourth quarter. But what if the economy takes longer? Because we are not seeing the the the, the bounce back in smaller businesses, especially, and a lot of states still have pretty strict uh, lockdowns. Yeah. So here's the thing with that. And, and this is and, and I've said this before, too, and it's it's a very unfortunate thing, but it is the reality of the stock market. The mom and pops. So you got like you got Home Depot. OK, right. Home Depot is doing very well. Well, why? You know, what the Everybody's reason home. why. But yeah, well, because all the mo- nobody said you can never go to Home Depot. That's right. That's right. Did they? Yes. The government didn't say, that, yeah. hey, Home Depot, close your doors. Nope, didn't do that. But you know what it did do? It told the mom and pop hardware stores they had to close theirs. You're right. So they so the, so when your competition goes away, it makes business pretty yeah. good for you. So while it's you, you asked the question, that's that's why Home Depot is doing so good. And many other stocks like that is because their competition was eliminated by the government. Do you see bankruptcies coming out of this for the smaller people? Absolutely. We've already seen it. And it's, it's so, I, you know, we've been on here, Patrice, talking about this since, since it began. And I have preached by local, shop local, support mm-hmm. your local right. businesses as much as you possibly can. And we've done that every, every chance we get. Because Home Depot ain't going bankrupt. Walmart ain't going bankrupt. But some of the mom and pops are. Yeah. And it's highly, highly unfortunate. And I it, it makes me sick every time I think about it. Well, this brings me back to the Fed then and their, their easy money policy. Where do you see that taking us? It, it's good and bad. You ha- you ha- it's cheap capital out there, right? So I just bought a new home got a great rate, right? So Mm -hmm. good for me. Many people out there are refinancing at unbelievable rates. We're helping a lot of clients do that. At some point, we're going to pay for this in the form of inflation. Inflation is going to come our way. And all all, with all the stimulus, the lower rate, et cetera, inflation is, is, in our opinion, going to come our way. Now, what do you do when that happens? What we do for our clients, for who it's appropriate for, what does well during inflationary prices? Gold, you know, more hard assets in that type of situation. Yeah, gold, silver. So, Lauren, mm-hmm. buy your buy your jewelry now because it's only going to get more expensive later. Don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> <laughs> so, and and you're already seeing pri- uh, gold prices in, increase yeah. significantly. Yeah. That that is in anticipation of higher inflation. Okay. So this is like the canary in the coal mine. It's telling us it's coming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and you'll you'll see. Uh, and as by the way, silver, 
doing well. And actually, uh, silver's been on something does... of a tear too, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we have a lot of clients saying, "Hey, Jeff, how about gold?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah, I'd love to own some gold right now, but it's I'm I'm a little scared to go out buying it at the moment, uh, mm-hmm. just because it's gone on such a tear, and in anticipation of a pullback at some point and hopefully an entry point. Mm-hmm. All right. What do you see about tech? I mean, that seems to be just exploding right now. And I I really am not quite sure why, because it's not tied to COVID. Well, to some degree it is. And we've all, look, so through COVID, we all learned that we don't necessarily have to go to the office, right? True. Or nearly as, go to the office nearly as much. We don't have to... Uh, go to the store to buy this or that we've got we always we always had amazon and that that's nothing new but we don't have to maybe we don't have to meet face to face we can go on zoom maybe we stay at home and technology that we are seeing utilized during covid is much greater than what we saw pre-covid now um, i say that and this is something that somebody had told me at one point, and it and it's hold true, and it will hold true every minute of every day. And that statement is this: technology has never moved this fast before, mm. and it will never move this slow again. So it is an ever increasing output of technology and new technologies and resources that during our lockdown we have become more familiar with, we have utilized more. And there we have, we have realized, I mean, how many zoom meetings did you do prior to COVID? I I mean, I didn't do any, I hadn't done one. Now I've done a gazillion of them. So it's, we're, we're learning to do new things via technology. Now you're saying technology is never going to be slower than it is now. It's just going to keep ramping up. How can we keep up with it? You know, I, I just keep having kids and keep hiring younger <laughs> generations. That's all. That's all I know because it, it outpaced it outpaced me a long time ago. <laughs> all right, taking this this all together, we were talking. We were going to talk about timing the market. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Talk to me about that. Yeah. So so back, we'll tie all this together <laughs> back to my previous comments where I was spitting out all the numbers that I had that were wrong. You can't time them. You, you cannot time the market, but certainly you can see better times than others to be invested. Think about being on a boat out in the middle of the Gulf. Okay. You got Hurricane Laura barreling down on you and you're in this boat. Certainly you can see that there's a better time than (laughs) then to be in a boat with Laura barreling down on you. So that's what we, that's how we view the market kind of, you know, kind of as a whole. And then we, we, we look at it at the macro level and then break it down to the micro level. We can say, look, not a good time to be out in the ocean. Certainly not in this boat, Mm -hmm. this little bitty boat, but maybe if we're in a lot bigger boat and we skirt this hurricane a little bit, we're going to be okay. So that's what we mean by, we don't time the market, but certainly we identify better times than others to be in the market and certainly better time than others to be in certain, invested in certain equities. You got to have an appetite here, though, an appetite for some risk. That you do. And, you know, I would say currently, in our opinion, markets are a little frothy at this point. 
and again, I believe we're in a new bull market. I think we have years left to run on this bull market. I think we're going to be enjoying gains for a while. Ain't going to be straight up. Mm -hmm. And in the short term, and I mean over the next month or two, we may see a bit of a pullback. Mm -hmm. Might be a buying opportunity for some, might not. But uh, you know, I it would not surprise me to see a bit of a pullback. But again, I've been saying the same thing for a couple of months anyway. Well, if you think about it, if the economy is going to at least hold steady and slowly grow, that does set the stage for a great bull market. Sure. Absolutely. Corporate tax rates, some of the deregulation that we've seen, some of the other things, the economy and some of the uh, regulations I'll say out there are favorable to a strong economy and a strong stock market. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to throw in one other question here, the labor market. Where do you see that going? Well, you're, we're seeing, I guess was the last uh, first part of this, uh, we're in September. So it was in early August, I guess you saw uh, everyone was predicting job losses and we saw job gains. Mm. And I think you're going to continue to see job gains, but it's going to be a long, long time before you see 4% unemployment again. It's, and the mm -hmm. reason being, yeah, Home Depot might be hiring, but the mom and pops, they're not. And that's sad. And the restaurants and bars, which are a lot of workers, they're, they're at 50% capacity, which means they're running at, you know, they're, they're allowing 50% of the customers in, which means their, their staffing is 50%. So they're, they haven't hired back everybody that they've laid off. Yeah. And it's going to be a long time before that happens again. So it's, so unemployment will remain high for some time. And I've got to wonder whether or not some of these people, I'm sure not all of them, but some of them may have to say, I've got to turn around. I've got to get another career. I've got to change what I'm doing. And maybe they'll end up getting into to tech. Yeah, this is a cycle that happens throughout our lives anyway. This one's just been thrown in our face uh, to some degree, and it's, the changes are normally slower than this. Manufacturing, steelmaking, you know, et cetera. Those have evolved over time. Making cars, you know, used to be all humanized. It was a human screwing in all the bolts. Now it's machines screwing in the bolts. So, but that was a, that was a process that took time and those laborers and were that part of the workforce found new work and new roles, but it was a gradual process. This has been, this has been a very quick process of that. And it's going to take, that's why, again, it's going to take time for the labor market to to adjust and unemployment to come down to where we were before all this started. Eli Whitney's cotton gin has nothing on this. That's for <laughs> no, sure. Not at all. <laughs> all right. One big last question, Jeff. Where do you see this, us? This is your third last question. I know. I know. That's okay. Where, <laughs> That's where, okay. Where do you well, I got them us? all. I got answers for <laughs> everything. It's, it's Ask Jeff Anything Day, so go ahead. I'm not even going to go a year out. Let's go six months out because that's going to include the elections. What do you forecast? Oh, so here's what we're doing for our clients that it is appropriate for we want to err on the side of caution going into the election. There's a big unknown going into election. And I'm not even talking about which party wins. We may not even have know who wins until well into January. There's just so much 
uncertainty out there. What we want to do for our clients and what we're recommending for, again, for those that it's appropriate for, we're going to, we want to be somewhere between 30 to 50% in cash. And when I say cash, I mean, cash alternative, that's paying us a little bit of interest along the way, but something very, very conservative. And the reason we want to do that is because you can't get out of the way of a falling market. Mm. It's just going to, it goes down too quick. The election is going to produce one of three things. A, the market is going to go down a lot. B, the market is going to go up a lot. Or C, it's just going to kind of keep doing what it's been doing. So if I raise a lot enough cash, if I get defensive enough, then I don't have to worry about the market going down if that's what happens, because it's going to go down faster than I can get out. And if it goes up, I'll have time. You know, you can't get out of the way of a falling market, but you got time to get into a market that starts to go up. And if the market kind of just keeps doing what it's doing, then I got time to get back in. So six months, don't know, but I'm going to be cautious going into the election that I know. All right. How can people get in touch with you if they really want to sit down and say, Jeff, I want to talk about this. <laughs> talk about your crazy forecast, Jeff. <laughs> no, uh, the website's uh, greenfinancialgrp.com. And the phone number is 713-244-3030. And that is The Green Zone with Jeff Green and Lauren Smith of Green Financial Group. To be notified of new episodes, make sure to subscribe with the subscribe button on this page, and you can share with friends and colleagues using the share button. I'm Patrice Sikora, and oh, we're going to talk to Jeff and Lauren again real soon. Thank you for listening to The Green Zone Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Green Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. Green Financial Group is not a registered broker or dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. Jeff Green is the founder of Green Financial Group and is a registered principal of RJFS. The Green Financial Group is located at 6363 Woodway Drive, Suite 625, Houston, Texas, 77057 and can be reached at 713-244-3030. Raymond James is not affiliated with and does not endorse the opinions or services of his guests.